0: hello everyone welcome to the punk stereo podcast today i'm here with jacob langley i'm not even gonna say what band you're in because there's so many um so do you want to introduce yourself
1: uh my name is jacob langley uh, most notably i play in a band called handguns but i uh, also play in a bunch of different other projects but uh yeah, i guess that's the one i'm mostly most well known for
0: yeah now this isn't easier. on the paper. it's
1: just oh. easy, it's easier to just give the uh, the high points because if I went on if I went on a if I went down the list it would take a little long. Yeah. And most of, most of them are just like one song. Some of them are just one song. Yeah. Some of, some of them consist of other members and like a couple songs and maybe like a handful of live performances, but I'm only in. Uh, I'm only in one band that's, um, I guess touring currently or playing currently, and that's me. So I'm um, Jacob Langley. Is the is the very first thing I said because that's what I'm doing most of the time. Yeah, recently playing by myself.
0: All right, now this is a personal question for me because this has been my Go dream.
1: You can ask anything you want, right. man. God's the limit. There's nothing, nothing you can't ask.
0: All right, so. My first concert was Warp Tour, and like ever since then, I wanted to play on it. And unfortunately, Warp Tour ended, so I wanted to ask what was being on Warp Tour like? Um,
1: so I never actually got to do like the whole thing and play on the whole thing. Handguns did as a band,
0: but that was um, when you weren't in it.
1: Yeah, it was when I wasn't in it, and I got to go on it, and I, I worked, and then played a handful of dates in a band that i mean called Common Thief. Yeah. So I actually have a I, there's actually for me it's actually kind of a surreal experience. I have a couple different pretty cool stories. Um Warp Tour itself is kind of like can I curse on here?
0: Yeah, you can curse.
1: Yeah, it's kind of fucking nuts, man. Like uh there's about a thousand people that get up and move every day. It's like the carnival or a yeah. fair or like something. So like maybe about two or three days into it, you're living in such a fog that like I've done 10, 10 years in a row. I've done them all. Like I went either on it or I was working on it or in some facet working for another band or driving or cause I've done everything from play to wash the dishes to set up and tear down merch worlds to set up and tear down stages of loaded and unloaded the trucks because Warped Tour is kind of a big community so when someone asks you to do something that's maybe not what you're there to do you kind of just if you're a ball if you're a ball player or you're a team player or you're just down for the core I, I call it you say yes and so I've done I've done crazy stuff. Like they asked me to drive a couple times. I've been asked to drive bandwagons on Warped Tour, which are the big, essentially a tour bus.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, so it's kind of a surreal experience where like 10 year, 10 summers all run together. I, I don't know. The best way to describe it is it's kind of like getting your ass beat, but you really like getting your ass beat. <laughs> but it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Like, you're a sadomasochist, so it's kind of like getting your ass kicked if you're a, and you're a sadomasochist. So, like, it's like pain and pleasure all at the same time because, like, it's obviously cool, but it's so much of it is not cool. Like, you're outside in the sun in a parking lot, and it's, like, it kind of fucking blows. Like, for what I think back to when I was a kid and I would go to one day of work tour and I would come home just, like, zoinked. And I don't know what my right mind told me. I'm going to go on to every fucking date. I'm just, it was because I went there and I saw that there was people that were doing it. And I was like, these people are way more hardcore than me. Like, I want to be in a band, but I obviously don't want to do it as badly as these motherfuckers. Like, I remember the first warp Tour I went to, I saw a guy selling CDs out of a plastic
0: like grocery bag. Yeah, band. I he see that his, every year. He had his band
1: CDS. Yeah, I mean, there's always people selling CDs, but I thought it was so punk. Like he had his band CDs in a plastic grocery bag, <laughs> and and a fucking CD Walkman. That's how. It
0: like, yeah,
1: it was like 2000, maybe four. So like the iPod, the MP3 players had just came out, but some people are still rocking the CD, the CD uh, disc Walkman. John,
0: TV. I had one. It was silver. I still have one. Yeah,
1: I still I, I use it sometimes. I still use it. Uh, We used it to sell CDs on Warp Tour a couple years ago because we thought it was, like, cool. Yeah. And we saw them at Walmart for, like, 15 bucks. And we were like, it's got the anti-skip. It works just like an MP3 player. Like, would it be funny to walk up to somebody with a CD player? And we did, like, a bunch. And it was kind of – I thought it was cool. It's just try to keep keep it fresh, you know what I mean? Keep people remembering. You're like, yo, yo, dude came up to me at night in – 2017 because i think that's when we did it with a cd walkman like
0: that's some antiquated technology yeah
1: most people are rocking the bluetooth speaker out there now and that's what we did we've done that like that's what we did here these years past like we did that a lot but um sometimes the bluetooth speakers would run out of battery
0: yeah that's the
1: and and those those have there's no there's not always a place to charge at work tour and sometimes like I said, you're stuck between, you're going between date to date and you leave one date and you get in the car and sometimes you drive seven hours and the next time that you were really allowed to get out of the car is the parking lot of the next venue. Like yeah. There's not much time between dates. So like, being able to just grab the the batteries was like what we needed. Like most Bluetooth speakers aren't aren't chargeable and even if we charged them in the vehicle while we were driving, there wasn't always a place to charge everything. Yeah. And and even if there was, like, we would forget, like, you know what I mean? You spend the whole day walking around Warped Tour, trying to schnooker people into buying your CD. And it sucks, too, because I have I did that for so long that I feel like people have this perception of me where, like, I really love to sell shit in parking lots or I really like, like, some, like I'm some kind of
0: hustler
1: yeah. or some shit. And, and like, the, my, my soul is not like that. Like, I would much rather give it to you. I want to give it away. I wish I could give it to you. The only reason I ever sold it was to get from point A to point B. And because when I give it away, I'll find it land on the ground later. Like my, my whole my whole yeah. thing was like, if I can get someone to give me a couple bucks for it, maybe they'll put it in their pocket and fucking listen to it. Because yeah. if I give it to you, if I just hand you a car on your 16th birthday... Think about your friend who got given, going to you have friends who are going to get given cars and I promise you they're going to fuck them up, they're going to wreck them, yeah. they're going to drive them like shit, they're going to fuck them, they're going to ruin them. But your buddy who didn't have a damn dime and his dad told him, I ain't buying you a damn car, you buy your own damn car. He's going to fucking save his pennies, buy a car, keep the thing running, and care more about it. Yeah. So that scales down to even though it's two bucks for a CD, my hope is that You'll just fucking listen to it. Now, what we found later, and this was through after years of selling CDs on Warped Tour, because, like, you'll go sell CDs, a bunch of CDs one day, and you'll, you'll hope. You'll go home, and you'll hope. Like, why did no one follow us online? Like, we sold thousands of CDs. We got 200 followers. Like, sometimes it'd be like that because some people are just buying the CD to make you leave them the fuck alone.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, that's very real. And we didn't realize that till later. So what I started doing was I started selling mix CDs instead of a CD of just one band, because our hope was like, if they're going to listen to it, then let's at least extend our reach instead of just being like focused on our own project. Like if I'm going to go through the trouble of convincing someone to take a CD for me and then just luck may have it that they're actually going to fucking listen to it. They don't need to hear only one band. Like maybe they'll listen to the whole thing because people's attention spans are short right yeah maybe they'll listen to the whole thing if each track's obviously different and it's obviously a different band and then we figure out that we should get people to follow us online by not including the track list with the mix cds that we sell so i would tell people that i'll be like i would convince them to buy a cd first and then i'd be like all right here's the cd Now check it out there's no track list in here now you're gonna be you're gonna go home and you're gonna be fucking bummed you're gonna be like what the fuck i love these songs but i don't know what Damn names of these songs are so check out this hashtag. Addison follows online, and we'll forge you the the track list because then we would get a follow out of them. Yeah, that was really what we wanted. We just want people to follow us online, listen to our music, come to our shows. We're not really trying to get like. At least for me, I was never trying to get rich. It was never like I never expected music to like get me rich. But a lot of those cats out there on there's a lot of cats out there on Warp Tour that were just slinging
0: lackluster tunes that kind of are to to try
1: and like cake up you know what I mean just try and get money and they'll sell anything because I've watched it happen like I've watched people buy stuff and I know they didn't want it they're just like man I want the guy to leave me alone here's a dollar leave me alone and that's that's fine but like I never really wanted it to be that way I always if I always felt like I was pressuring someone too hard or I always felt like they bought it if they were pressured I like I don't know at least later. Now, in the beginning, when it was like trying to make ends meet, oh, fuck yeah. We were, I, I would be like, come on, man. Help us out. We're broke. Like, we would say anything. And I'm guilty of it, too. So I don't want to sound like I've never hustled a CD or tried to like... But like, at the end, like the last maybe three, four, five years, it just it gets daunting and it feels it gets tiring to feel like you have to convince someone to buy the, the thing you love. And it just weighs on your mental health. It's not like for me, I don't care. I can take rejection; like it doesn't yeah. bother me. But it's like, it's like eventually, it just becomes so fucking. Why am I doing this? Like, I because I don't really want to be a salesman. That's not really what I want to be. I'd rather just create things all day.
0: Yeah. like how you said with like merch. Don't like do so much if you want to have that. Do a clothing brand, or whatever That's you said. That's how I feel. Like. Exactly. Like
1: we could, like we have, we have a bunch of different screens and we have a bunch of different designs that we could print up for the handguns merch store. And like, I don't, I just don't know. Like, I, I, I don't know where our band's at as a thing because, like, we've already had the like 10, 20 merch designs online, and like, sure, somebody else was making the money, the merch company, whoever it was that was printing our shirts, that was selling them, was making the money. Because I know we really weren't seeing tons of it. Maybe we were seeing a little bit here and there, but. There wasn't any massive amount of money. So to me, it's always like, what's the point? Is it for like a a couple extra bucks? Like, I don't know. Not to talk, like, like I said before, like, not to talk down on bands that have tons of merch. I'm fine with it. Like, Grayscale has some tight ass fucking merch and it's like a clothing company and they look at that as like a form of their expression. And I feel that fashion is also a form of expression. Yeah. So I don't want to like shit on that. That's not what it's about. It's just. I don't know at this point in the career of at least handguns do we need more t does anyone need more t-shirts when, when we're not on tour does anyone really want to buy a handgun shirt like maybe but
0: I only really I, buy band merch our shows
1: yeah that's what I'm saying like so for me to have it online just seems like I don't know sometimes I don't want to do the thing that everyone's doing like I know it's might seem dumb but if everyone's doing it why the fuck do i want to
0: yeah that's the
1: exact reason i started playing in bands like maybe we figure something else maybe we refuse to sell our shit online period turn the page maybe we maybe we start a catalog and we make people mail order again i don't know i don't know what the answer is things change you know what i mean the way the way stuff moves around changes like with amazon prime it's like fuck you press a button and shit comes in two hours two hours
0: that's crazy
1: What's well, going to be faster than that? What's next? They want it. We want it before we think about it. I want Amazon Prime to stick my food in my mouth before I even think about it. Yeah, I'm, you can buy one item. You can be like, I want one pen. I want a pen. I want a fucking one nine volt battery, and I'm going to buy it on Amazon Prime and have it shipped today. You can. That's crazy to me.
0: Even like iPhones like a, nowadays, it's insane. In a
1: world like in a world like that, do we need? Do we need more? Does anyone? Is there really a demand for handgun shirts? Probably not. I don't know. So maybe we'll throw up a bunch of merch designs online again. But it just is what it is at this point. I feel like if you want to be a merch company, if you want to be a clothing company, be a clothing company. If you want to make music, make music. I like dropping. I like you. Got to have shirts on tour because it's unfortunately the name of the game. This in this day and age is selling little items at your table because you're unfortunately not making a lot on the show or a lot on your music. But for us and our new record, it's like, it'll be a lot easier because we own everything. Whereas before, we would have to purchase our CDs from our label for whatever it costs, you know, a few bucks and then sell them. Where now we just purchase them from the pressing plant, which is way cheaper. The recording has already been recouped, which is always a problem with like, the label always wanted their money back from the record. So we're kind of just hanging out right now, though. But you asked about warp Tour. I hope I answered that question. We yeah, kind of you out. did. Tirade. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just, it's kind of like the circus or kind of like a radio, kind of like traveling band camp. Like they call it punk rock summer camp. It's kind of very much like that. That's a very valid comparison. I always heard that, and it always seemed like, well, that sounds cool. But it's also, again, it was also very much at the end, at least, it felt very high school and clicky. And I think that's part of why it ended. Um, I think there's a lot of people that think they know why it ended, and I think the real reason it ended is because that everyone stopped getting along, as in, like, the bands. There was no camaraderie at all, and maybe it was, like, just differences in moral like compasses like there's some certain bands i'll do and say certain shit and other bands find completely repulsive so like maybe that was part of it but i think that was the real reason it kind of like kevin just wanted to stop having it because it seemed like it was too high schooly
0: yeah
1: i feel like kevin lyman looked at the wharf tour like it was a big punk rock party in his backyard and when everyone started not getting along he just told everyone to go the fuck out
0: yeah
1: if you guys can't get along go home. If you don't realize how great of a party this is, go home. Cause it really like, to me, war Tour was the antithesis of what was like I wanted to do in the summer, at least. And I didn't really want to be outside. There were times where I would have rather had indoors, but it was just so cool to me. The vibe was so cool. Like it was, I, I, I like being outside, you know what I mean? But like, I love playing in clubs too. And I like having the day to like, hang out with my band or like, go travel and see things or go shopping or do whatever find find little stores or get a coffee or go on a bike ride I like being able to do that stuff during the day on tour but like so was something about the, the constant go of warp Tour that worked for someone like me because I'm extremely ADD and I have a lot of existential dread so I'm constantly afraid I'm going to die like at any moment or that or that fucking God's going to come back riding six white horses like, John, like in that Johnny yeah. Cash song And I'm not going to be fucking doing something cool. I'm going to be, like, cleaning a car at the college that I work at sometimes or, like, washing a dish. Like, I don't want to be doing that if the Lord were to to return. You know what I mean? I want to be doing the – what? I want to be doing something at least towards what I love. So, like, sometimes – as a younger band or a smaller band, it's not easy to
0: get a whole tour booked, right? It's not easy to book a whole tour. Yeah. It's really hard. I'm doing it right now for
1: my solo project. I've been touring for over 12 years, and I can't get a date every a show every day. I am going to play every day. I'm going to find a place to play every day because there's open mics and there's public places. I bought a battery-powered PA, and I'm just going to play outdoor if I have to in the middle of the fucking mall. I'll, I'll walk into a goddamn Taco Bell. I'll walk into Denny's. Fucking set this place off, Denny's. I do shit. I'm serious. I'll play in the Valero parking lot. Find me rapping outside of the Pilot. Because I'm going to go do it. Because I don't know what else to do, I guess. Like I said, I got that existential dread. For me, shitting around is bad for me. Like, I got addiction issues and all kinds of other problems. Like if I sit around, I'm going to get myself in fucking trouble. I'm going to walk down the street and start drinking, sl- slugging beers at the bar. Like it's, and then I'm just going to get bored, depressed and probably start a rap career. Nobody wants to hear that. You right. know, He's like, am so still not going to kill myself. I'm still going to try and create. I'll just make really shittier music.
0: <laughs> what are you listening to? Like nowadays, like, What's your like go-to songs on your playlist or whatever you right say? Right now
1: I'm listening. Right now I'm listening to this. Hold on. I'll show you. Hold on. It's coming on right now. I'm listening to like a lot of old, a lot of older, like uh, I don't want to say older music because <laughs> it's like I think music is timeless and I don't think it ever gets like rotten. I yeah. would say just music from uh music from older time periods. If you ever heard the uh, the soundtrack of the movie Superfly, it's by Curtis Mayfield.
0: I watched the movie but i never listened to the soundtrack.
1: Yeah, Curtis Mayfield the soundtrack. That song's Pusher Man. I've been uh, I listened to it a bunch recently. Just old slow gospel and like country songs is what I've been listening to very recently. But I don't really, to be honest, I don't really listen too much music like other than if, if my friends put out a record like the drummer at Handguns just released a record and I listened to that probably three it's five songs I think I probably listened to it four times yeah but here this is the kind of stuff I'm listening to You hear that
0: yeah i wouldn't expect like, that for like a guy no. that looks like you it was like
1: because i'm listening to hella hella punk rock and i'm listening to hella metal and hardcore and i'm just trying to like find different modes and melodies and like things to like bring back to the table and the bands i play in so like you can't just stay rooted in your own style of music like for me i've always loved music like there's a photo of me in a diaper I just posted it the other day. If you want to include it somewhere in this podcast, I don't know if it's going on YouTube, but you can post it. Maybe right, right now, you yeah, have it pop up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's on my Facebook. It's on my Instagram too. It's a little photo of me in a frame that says "Pride and Joy" and I'm holding like a microphone upside down. I maybe I don't know, a year or two old man. It's music has always made me feel a certain way. Like because to me, music like this is. I also like drawing and cartooning and animating. So, like, I could easily make an animation of, like, for. To me, I... When every time I hear a song like this, I think of forest animals. Yeah. Like, I think of Little Red Riding Hood or whatever. I don't know. I think of, like, old Disney animation or, like, late 90s, early 2000s Disney animation. I also play clarinet and I have since high or middle school, so... I sort of understand what's going on in music like this. Sometimes I, don't, sometimes I that? I don't want to listen to the lyrics. I don't want there to even be lyrics. Because it's just like, I don't know, what can you really fucking say? And if you can convey a feeling or an, an emotion with just the music, like, to me, that's cool. So... I know it sounds super fucking dumb and pretentious, but you asked it's what I've yeah. been doing. Um, the other thing is, like, people always ask, I guess, like, what's your favorite song or what's your favorite thing to listen to or your your biggest influence? I think that was one of the questions because yeah, I read the question. Yeah. And um, I would say my biggest influences are the bands and musicians that have been around me, honestly, because I consider an influence something that actually changes the way you play. So yeah. like the other the, the the musicians and artists that I've played with, played in bands with, like the band Transit, just because we played with them a bunch of times. Like like five musicians we have played with. I mean bands that Handguns has also what played with, like the guys in Man Overboard. Um, just and just watching the way they play. Eddie, the bassist from Crobot, he filled in for Handguns on guitar, just like him. Again, playing with Billy and playing with Lucas and walkaways where I play drums now, like that influences my writing. Everything, what I didn't realize at a young age is I thought like everything was compartmentalized and that if you learned guitar, you, you were going to have to completely start from zero when you learned the piano. Yeah. Or if you learned drums, you were going to have to start from zero when you learned the keyboard. And that's just absolutely not the fucking case. So, I encourage anyone who's a musician, like if you've ever been a musician and you can play guitar and you've ever thought, like, man, I should play keyboard or I should play fucking saxophone, like, that'd be cool. Or I, I want to play drums. You can absolutely, you have a much better starting point than I would say nine out of ten people that pick up whatever instrument you're about to try and pick up. Because if you have any kind of musical knowledge at all, it's going to put you a leg up. And I guess. That might sound also really fucking pretentious, but again, I'm stupid, and it takes me a long time to figure shit out. Sometimes, like I didn't think I didn't realize for a long time that I could use my tuner because I don't know music theory. I didn't realize for a long time I could use my tuner to figure out the root note of the chord that I'm playing, yeah, and use that use that root note to figure out where to like write some leads or like write some melody lines, like maybe not play the exact same notes, but like I didn't figure that out. That was, the second I figured it out, I was like, duh, that's really fucking obvious. Like, somebody is listening to this, and they're going, this guy's a jackass, and I want to punch him in the mouth, and I, I'll let you punch me in the mouth. I get it. I'm, I'm a little slow on the uptake sometimes, so when, the, like, that took me forever to figure out, and I, I know this sounds like the same thing, like, of course, like, if you know someone, if you're good at one piece of music, or one instrument, it's going to be easier to play others, but I guess I never realized how much it all correlated like getting better at drums made me better at guitar i didn't realize it until i started playing drums a bunch and then i sat down and started playing guitar again and then it's like oh wow like maybe it's just the rhythm or like having more being more conscious of like the fill the fills in the percussion yeah because i'm the there's a drummer that was in handguns for two records he was the drummer for life 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 lessons and he's also like, I would call him our second string drummer. He's our backup. Whenever Marco can't be there, we hit up Ryan. Um, and he is a guitar, he's a drummer who learned, who went and taught himself guitar. And he told me, he's like, bro, you just drum the fills. Like the fills on the drums. So like, if you think about it, the guitar goes with that. It's like, of course, yeah. I do that already but no one ever said it to me like that. They never said strum the fill. And to me, it's just clicked. So I think life's a constant learning process and that some people like to judge you for not knowing if this or that, and it's kind of just like, I think in art and in music, you kind of have to like, the number one thing I wish I could have taught myself sooner is to absolutely forget what you think everyone thinks about you and your songs. Like, Don't worry about what other people think about it It, in any fucking facet. Just make a song that you think sounds cool and know that you are a simple bastard and that this world is full of simple bastards and that other simple fucks will like your song. And I don't mean that in an insulting way. I mean that in kind of like the Lego movie kind of way. Like none of us are really that special. So if you have an idea for a piece of art or an idea for a poem that you think's cool, like just make it because it makes you happy. If you want to put it out and just know that other people will connect with it because there's enough people in this world that feel the exact fucking way you do, whether you're being bullied, whether you're wrestling with your sexuality, whether you got your heart broken by some girl or some guy or whatever, whether you fell down and skinned your knee, it does not matter. You are not alone. You are never alone in this world. Like, I wish that concept in and of itself, itself, that bit of like hope that you're not alone in this world, also translates to music and creating things and putting your faith in yourself. It's like, well, if I think it's cool, other people are kind of like me. I'm very similar to other people. I'm not the only dude wearing blue jeans right now. I'm. I guarantee we're not the only musician type folks right now on the phone at this moment doing a podcast.
0: Think about yeah. that.
1: There, there's no way. Like it's 1245. Other people are doing the exact same thing. Probably asking the same damn questions. Do you ever think about that? I think about that. Think about that yeah. all the time. This is, and this isn't an insult to you. I know you're just starting interviewing and podcasting and this and that. But I always think about it because I've done so many of these. And that's why I wanted your questions first because I was like, man, this is every question I have answered these questions so many times, and I'm not mad at no. I don't. I'm gonna answer them, and I'm gonna answer them. I'm gonna elaborate, which is what I'll try to do. But and what I feel like most people don't do when they get those questions because the questions you gave me, I could have answered in ten minutes, and now yes. we're at thirty. We're at thirty minutes, and I think this kind of long form, open discussion type shit is what people want to hear in a podcast. I don't think people want to hear sound bites. It's 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 a fast communication world we're living in where lots of content exists. But if you get a follower and you get somebody who wants to consume, how do you say it? It's punk. What's the name of the
0: podcast? Punkstravania. What is it? Punksteria. Punksteria. My bad. Like
1: hysteria. Got it. So if you get people that want to listen to Punksteria podcasts, they're just going to want to listen to it. They're going to want to hear every bit of it. They're going to take the time to dedicate to consume that content. So, um, is this the, is this the first one you've done or have you done other ones?
0: I did a couple to mess around with, but I think this is the How first longer? one I'm going to put out. I did ones that are like 20 minutes that are just by myself, but. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, we, we keep
1: going. I got plenty of shit. I got, dude, I could talk for hours and hours and hours. I want yeah. Anthony or somebody, you should do a punk stereo a 24 hour podcast
0: sometime. Somebody yeah. should do one.
1: Yes. I could talk for 24 hours. Same. 100%. I want to do a hand-off 24-hour podcast sometime because I think we could tell the cra- we have the craziest fucking stories and the the craziest like history of our band for like members and like member changes and just wild ass things that have happened on tour and like fights that we've gotten in with people at shows or drunk idiots or each other like all kinds of stuff mischief violence debauchery all kinds of crazy shit that's why I wish we could do like a 24 hour you know like I feel like people do this twitch streams for 24 hours don't they?
0: yeah I don't
1: know how many people would want to tune in or watch the whole thing but somebody would
0: all right now this is the second last this is the second to last question because i have to wrap up soon what what inspires you like what inspired you to do like jacob daniel langley like it's very different from like kid quit and everything
1: honestly it's just something to do uh and i know that might sound like blase but it's not and i don't mean it in like a derogatory way it's just like i have to have something to do and i have to have something that i can go do without having to rely on some on somebody else like i have to rely on a drummer or a bassist or another guitarist to show up like i also have to work around their schedule and work around when they can and can't have practice and when they can and can't have shows and i'm all about streamlining stuff like i want to put songs out and I don't want to have to think about and ask everyone's opinion on everything. Like, is this song okay? Is this part okay? What do you think about this? Um, I just want to be able to do it, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Alright, now this is the last question, and I really want you to go into on this one. What is your favorite album of all time and why?
1: Oh favorite album of all time i don't have one but if i had to pick one it would have to be one that one of a band that i'm in and that might sound really fucking conceited but um i i've always wanted i've always made music because it was what i wanted to hear like it was i like records by other bands and i think there are records that are completely what i would call perfect like tell all your friends by taking back Sunday. love that record. record I can listen to cover to cover. Uh, Newfound Glory, self-titled, I can listen to cover to cover. I can go go through a list, you know, 10 miles long of records where I don't have to skip a song. So if I don't have to skip a song, I can't put it, I can't rank it above another record. The only thing I can rank above another record is ones of bands I've been in and that's just because I've been so close to it and I've like bled sweat about died for that bit of art. So, maybe I'm a conceited cocksucker, but, uh, if I had to pick one, if I had to pick one record, this is my favorite record that I've ever, of all time is common thief breaking entering. And that's also because my dude is dead. So I want that. If I have to pick one, that's it. It's an EP. It's five songs. Um, it's just a the no, the record itself lyrically is about it's all metaphorical. So if you're not paying attention and you don't know what you're listening to, you're just gonna think that this is all songs about girls. Yeah. it's not. It's, it's a metaphor. It's all metaphorical about uh, Dylan's addiction and about him having a love hate relationship with banging heroin. So, like he. Obviously you love it because it feels real good, but you hate yourself for it. You know, you know, it's destroying you, Yeah.
0: but then you can't live without it. So it's kind of like we, I, I can see the clear
1: comparisons to a bad relationship. So that's how we wrote it. So if I had to pick one, I'm a deep breaking energy entering.
0: All right. Well, thanks for joining me, Jacob. It- Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all this stuff will be in the description. Make sure to check them out. And yeah, that's a wrap.